This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Smug Doyle's here. Yeah. <laughs> is, I think, is this, the first, this is the first time this year you've won and I've lost, right? Uh, maybe this century. It feels yeah. like it might be this century, but uh, yeah. I'm here. Uh, turns out I like real crackdowns. Send them all off. Every one of them. Peter Volandis yep. is fixing the game. Mm. Uh, and Just fixing games, clearly. There's, <laughs> there's, no, there's no room for thugs like Victor Radley in this there game. There is not. No room. But yes, I, I'm back and uh, we're here to podcast and somehow talk about the same <laughs> crackdowns as always. Here we are. Yeah. All right. Get, get it out of the way. Um, let's start there. Let's Saturday start night, there. the Sydney cricket ground. Oh, no, no. Just get your smugness out of the way first. And then we'll go to the actual crackdown stuff. Okay. Well, I just want to say that Victor Radley stuff was insane. And it was so goddamn enjoyable because he like refused to pull himself into check. He refused to stop. He's like, he was redlining. He'd seen the red mist. And he's like, I ain't changing. I ain't stopping this shit for nobody. And I was like, you know what? Got to respect it. You do. <laughs> I feel like that like um, that last one where he hit Corey Oates on time, which looked early, and they found that head contact. You feel, I actually kind of felt sorry for him then when he went nuts. But, yeah, what a bizarre game that was. It was it's kind of – I know a lot of it's been boiled down to the refereeing, but it was the first time I'd seen that Roosters side legitimately rattled in a long time. And you'd probably put it down to the work of Pangai, Lodge, and the decisions that went against the Roosters. And then the first time we've really seen the inexperience in that six, seven, and nine bite them on the ass. Like Sam Walker has come in and had his way with most teams this season. And somehow the Brisbane Broncos were the first team to sit back, let him throw Harbour Bridge passes, pick them off or shut him down. And then Without that, there was kind of like no direction. They were just going insane, and there was nobody pulling him back in the line. Like that stuff wouldn't have happened with Cronk. Probably doesn't happen with 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 Pierce. Doesn't happen with Kiri. But like, where Hargreaves lost his mind, Radley lost his mind, and they lost control of that game. In Brisbane, like the Roosters were ahead for a little period, but Brisbane pretty much dominated that game from start to finish. Truly bizarre. And I mean, we saw with especially with those two stints, Radley was off the field. Just how much traffic particularly Pangai, they just sent at Walker. And who knows how much that did to his confidence as well. Yes. But I think like, Pangai trampled the kid about nine times in this game. He did. And um, it's one of those things, and it's one of Pangai's strengths. We, um, he's one of those strengths that you can actually put, you know, if people know of these games, they know of the game, Pangai went after Tamalolo. They know of the game, he went after Fafita. They know of this game. It's always so obvious to see as a fan and you can even remember back to when like Joey Johns lost his mind in the 2017 Origin or was it 2018 when Thurston hurt his shoulder and they're not once and they run at him. Yeah. Like as a fan, it's always so easy. Like, oh, why don't we just run at the small half and ruin his night? But this was the first time someone executed what they probably spoke about all week on Sam Walker and Pangai picked him out of the line a few times, just ran at him, threw him around, literally threw him like twice. We're just missing him, picking him up and carrying him with him. That's all we were missing. But yeah, yeah put, put him off his game and then, there was obviously something in his mind to go after Radley early because, like, the second set of the game, he went up, he, he got under Radley's skin and, and got him off his game as well. And it was one of those games from Pangai that um, people keep calling him inconsistent. He's been consistent this season, but it's one mm. of those games that you see again the ceiling of that of, of the player he is. And that, in my opinion, he should, with 
with Radley's suspension, with, with Pride's yeah. likely suspension, mm. Pangai should probably be in that origin. He's got to be in there, in my opinion, as well. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, what were your, what were your takes on on the the slew of Radley incidents? I thought the one we got him in the head with the shoulder where he jumped was probably fair enough. Uh, Sinbin and the others. Uh, the, I thought the other Sinbin was a little bit harsh. He did hit him in know. the head. Pang guys one shoulder to the head. That's what all it is. But that one, I I knew that. Like the weird thing it was made is like both of those and the one with the kick. Obviously, no him in the head, but it was weird that they took time to like they didn't look at that instantly. Yeah, it was like three tackles later because it looked strange. wrong. And then same with the Pango one. The Pango one I knew instantly straight away. I knew he hit him in the head because there was just no way that he was flooring a player like Pangai with chest to chest contact. Like that's just not going to happen like that. The size no. of those two guys, they might meet. You know, in clash here, but he Pangai fell back and went oofed when he got hit. Didn't didn't stay down. Pangai didn't respect that. But uh, yeah, I knew then. I straight away, oh, they hit him in the head, and then it took three tackles and came back. It's like I don't know. That game was officiated. It was one of those games, and they've happened a couple times now that the game gets away from the individual referee. It feels like, and this is one of those games. And you know, there was two late Simbins on Brisbane, and I feel like the you know they'll. The Lodge one was pretty tough and and the Gamble one, he did what he did on purpose, but it kind of seemed to even the ledger. So it was two on two Simmins or something. But yeah, the referee certainly lost that game. And there's a couple of those things that got called on Radley that 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 last one wasn't a penalty. Like they didn't see that contact with the head on the ground on Coates until they they reviewed it. You know, they didn't see that and they gave a penalty instantly for just being up and being aggressive. But yeah, it was... Bizarre, mate. I don't, I don't know how to how to answer those ones for this game because, like, I'm actually shocked that Radley was allowed to stay on the field. Like, to get reported that many times and not be sent off was also strange. I always find the double sin being weird. It's like if you surely the second, it's surely the second one you just got to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it never happens. You know, it's what is it? Yeah. It's that one, the Cam Munster, Munster in the grand final, like couple three years others ago. ever. Yeah, That's someone it. tweeted out the list is like six people total. But yeah. yeah, so it's a strange one, but it's just good to Brisbane. It's their first like real away win in a long, long time. Win out of Queensland in a long time. Yep, and through the Coltrane Cup into disarray, absolute chaos, did, which, which is fantastic, mate. Uh, I do want to talk about though one more thing before we move on. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Broncos Weekly will talk about all this game anyway. For who want, who anyone wants to listen, but. I feel like I missed something with Albert Kelly because he got the three Dally M votes, got all this chat this week, how good Did he Pango was. Did get any? I can't remember. I just got just, uh, from so funny. But it's like, I thought Kelly was okay. Yeah, he's all right. Uh, I do think the one thing, and it's this game and the, the prior Melbourne game, sorry, the post-Melbourne game, they both won with Queensland Cup full spines. I do think this stuff on the back of Jamal Fogarty and Cody Walker and similar it might start changing some clubs' opinions on things slowly now instead of like, you know what, let's maybe not keep using 18-year-old halfbacks and then get rid of them when they suck. Maybe there's some stopgap solutions out there that can buy us a year or two. Yeah. And the things that Tyson Gamble and Albert Kelly have done when they come in, like Gamble pretty much seems to have ended Croft's Broncos career because he still hasn't come into the 21 this week with, with Gamble suspended. But it's just like the most basic things. Oh, this guy kind of knows that like, you know, defend all right, run it, run straight-ish, kick okay. Oh, he knows to do those things. It's like, yeah, because he's been playing for years. And then Albert Kelly in this game got a few things wrong early, almost felt played like he had too much time on his hands and um, kick got a couple of kicks charged down. 
but got better as the game went on, defended okay, had the good 40-20 and supported. And that was like, yeah, that's all he had to do to outplay how Milford's been playing. Because Milford's been trying to win football games every time he touches the ball and it fucking sucks. Yeah. Are you saying it's time for the Raiders to reach out to Cam Cullen? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely overdue. Okay, De- good. Like, why not? But uh, yeah, it's it's just good to see those guys do it. And same in, in the Melbourne game. So maybe we might start seeing a shift in that narrative. And yep. Pangai did get one point, by the oh, way. All good. the points went to Brisbane. Kelly, three. Lodge, two. Um, one, Pangai. Joseph Suwali, fraud. Throw him on the scrap heap. Terrible. Yeah, I mean, uh, what is that? How good does he have to play right to be impressive on debut? Like he he'd was, have to have scored a hat trick or something. Yeah, he was fine, right? <laughs> but right? I was, yeah. but like you know, he he made it, got the ball a bit and didn't impress me, which is fine because he's seventeen. But you'd expect the bar was set so high for him. You're expecting like to see his first game be like Falau or GI or something. That he mm. got held by Tyson Gamble with one hand. You know. Yeah. All right, so let's let's jump back then to the rules as a whole. Another week of crackdown chat nonstop. It does appear as though finally we are starting to see the wheel turn against the people that are running the game at the moment and the opposition towards all these changes, which again, we were on from the start because we're geniuses, is finally starting to get louder and louder. It was quite funny, even as recent as like six weeks ago, me and you did that podcast after four rounds. And obviously most people listening to this podcast think similar to we do. Not that they listen, they listen to us. You just, you know, it's the same thing. You look for this content that you, you enjoy, all that kind of garbage. People think like you do that. Yeah. You know, obviously most of our fans agree with us, but once it got to the wider spreads of the internet, we started getting attacked by people like we were idiots and, you know, oh, the game's better, all this garbage. And, and it's like, no, what you're bitching about now it's not a. It's, it's always has been like. It's not always been about the rule change. It's been how they came about. It's always what we whinged about, mate. Like they just happened, and it's the same with this crackdown. And on 110 percent footy, don't really want to mention it, but we're going to anyway. Gus Gould's now flipped against Peter Vlanders. It seems and that's he, it. It's over. And he he attacked Vlanders just like he was Greenberg. He said those things you say about Greenberg when he was off him, saying that you know these these suits don't understand the game and players and coach have to figure out again. These guys who have no idea how the game's played are making changes, whatever, saying that. But then he went on to say that, you know, within this week, we've heard the excuse that, oh, it's mothers, oh, it's litigation, oh, it's the government, oh, it's this. It's like, what is the reason, he says. And it's like, yes, Gus, that has been the problem the entire time, not just this rule change. But people put their, their rose-tinted glasses on and just saw what they wanted to see with the other changes that some out of six again was like eliminating wrestle and bringing the 80s back and and all the other changes that are great it's for the Bringing game. back little men like Regan Campbell-Gillard and James Fisher-Harris. That's yep. it. And those all those stats we put out in the podcast in round four are pretty much all the same now, by the way. Still, like, by round 10, they're all the same records. Still of highest all margin of victory since 1935. By, yeah. Still the most tries by forwards since 1998. Like, no, 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 we, can't, we actually season. can't play a Aurora ball at the moment. It's too dangerous. Yeah, it is. It's, it's ridiculous. Fun. There's over like 10 tries around by four, starting forwards. Yeah. It's, it's, what is it? It's like, a, I can't remember now. It's like 130 in the 90 odd games so far. It's a ridiculous number. Um, but, uh, where was I was going, but yeah, it's just, it's been the same problem the whole way. And it's funny that this is the one change that, not the fully way it's executed, but it's the one of the ones that was probably kind of been overdue with some form of yeah. crackdown on a head knocks. And that's the one that was always going to lose the old heads. It always <laughs> was. 
we're talking about the same community that four or five weeks ago were trying to get the, the talk about the NRL getting players to sign waivers. So they could the like, if they got brain damage, they wouldn't sue the NRL. Yeah. It's That's yeah. It. I mean, you're right. I, I, I uh, we, we said this last week and the week before, I think the same thing is like of all the rule changes, this one probably does feel like it's the one where we agree with the principles behind it. The executions left, left a lot to be desired, but it's just funny that this this one rule that is probably a better one than all the other ones are brought in is the one that's the catalyst for the changes. But it's, I mean, it's obviously it's all linked, right? Like you have to be really stupid at this point to not realize that there's a combination between the fact that players are more tired, tackling technique is worse, mm-hmm. more people are getting hit. Our man, Aero Physio, is posting the HIA failures every week. It's up. It's like five per round at the moment. It was less than four every year since they started doing it before this year. Like mm-hmm. head knocks are through the roof. They had to do something about it. And but it's all a byproduct of the other poor changes they brought in three months ago. Well, that's the thing. We've been over this, but it's like 60% of the HIAs are from the defensive player hmm. who's doing a, a, making a poor tackle attempt, who's fatigued, whose head's going to the hip. Or similar. And we always know this, mate. We all see this. It's so rare you see someone get HIA'd for a swinging arm. It it's always a, they, their head hits the guy's hip or his knee or yeah, something. That's like, it. always Far more contact than a guy bouncing his arm up off the ball and whacking him in the head. Yeah. But, uh, but we're never going to reverse these changes because we're underneath this, this administration now that facts aren't facts. It's just, it feels like politics at the moment, mate. It's just like... I mean, that press release that came out last week was absolutely ridiculous. And, and RLPA's response to, you know, seems like there'll be something coming from them this week as well. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing when it, there's a hundred different reasons. Like we're after, like, it just, I can't still get my head past it. Like he said last year, they wanted fatigue and now they're saying there's less fatigue. It's, what did you want? What were the goals? There was no end goal. There was never an end goal. The result was like, let's just move things around and then maybe the game gets better. And then when um, it does it, we just like, this is what we have. Now. And look, we, we're not going to go into that press release in depth, but our, our friend Pythago NRL wrote a great piece on it. Find him on the internet. He broke down, I think every stat that was in that press release and, Tore it to shreds, rightfully so. Um, like yeah. more tries. It's like, yeah, but like eight of them are going to the one team and one is going to the other. Like that's yeah. not good. That's bad. Only yeah, a but few more, more errors. But yeah, over a whole year, it's like a lot more errors. <laughs> it's like 200 more errors oh, over the season. And, the, and he pointed out that one great stat where it's like 20% more high speed efforts or something. I can't remember exactly what number was, but he, then he made the comparison of like, if the guy who was last in Tour de France got 20% more boost, he what would have won the race by like a day. Yeah. 20% is a lot for people, okay? <laughs> so much. To, yeah. Imagine if you say, well, I've got 20% faster in the 100 meter sprint. Well, if you're someone who works eight hours a day, say you work in a factory, right? And you work to your limit. And the next day, one day, they're like, you have to work 20% more. 20% more is a lot of fucking work if you worked eight hours start to finish. Well, that was that was the metaphor yeah. I used, right? I was like, run one kilometer and yes. max, like you want, you're like basically vomiting by the end of that one kilometer. You've tried as hard as you can to run one kilometer. Mm-hmm. Then run another 200 meters. It's yeah. like, no, that's different. That yes. it might not sound like a lot, but it is. It's a lot. Yeah. And look, yeah, it was a baffling press release. Good on the RLPA for standing up to them. Um, uh, this is not the last, th- this is going to come to a head. I don't know exactly how or when, but I. Well, they're on the defense, mate. He's yeah. in the news every day, but it's, it, it, I'm just glad that it's come to a head, even though it's, from this, like we spoke about, like I thought the game was in the biggest crisis I'd seen yeah. in my life, an actual crisis. And it's good that communities come around on that finally. And look, we don't, we, I, I would, I, I don't, I don't take any joy out of being right. That's not true. I take a lot of joy out of being yeah. right, but it, it is a shame that it's, it's come with the sort of 
them trying to do the right thing when it comes to people getting hit in the head. It's it unfortunate. And, but, and oh well, it is. But it's just quite funny those reasons they're throwing out now that nobody's buying. But people were literally buying those dumb. Even Buzz reasons. Rothfield called it propaganda. Yeah, even like, but like six weeks ago, some people were buying. It's this. It's the, the, the poster management. Yeah. It's, oh, it's the yeah, oh yeah. Oh um. <laughs> would anyone like to? Up, would any of those dickheads who have been tweeting me for the last month would they like to update me on their take that this year's Manly Seagulls one of the four worst teams ever? Just yeah. checking in on that one. You fucking idiots. Yeah, no, and and, and now we haven't got the situation where we have got four or five all-time bad teams by record mm. because we never had those teams. No, there, we well, there is one There is one truly bad team this year. Sorry yes. to our Doggies fans, but like the rest of them, there's some bad teams, but like the Broncos were never like historically bad this year. Like they hung they were last with the Panthers. Yeah. yeah, but this year, like you watch their game, they hung with the Eels, they hung with the Panthers and then this week they beat the Roosters. So it's like, yeah. yeah. Exactly, but like that's exactly right, mate. They were never, and that's what we kept saying. It wasn't about the teams. People got trying to make back the teams, how bad the teams and the rosters were. No, the blowouts, the thing, and they're still happening, and they're mm-hmm. happening. Like <laughs> again, the prison blew a team out. They uh, blew the, the roosters the, out. The grand old club got blown out pretty badly Twice. on Sunday and it, it two weeks happening. ago. Yeah, and and the good. thing that's really tragic for me, mate, is like. Hmm. And, and you know this too. There's many people listen to this podcast. Like my life is invested in this sport, like it or not. Yeah. It's my career. It's my passion. It's my hobby. But like, I used to be that guy that who, wouldn't go to things if there was a big footy game on. Yeah. Yes. Or if I went to things, I'd be socially awful if yeah. there was a game <laughs> on I wanted to watch. Yeah. I haven't got my phone out like no. to put KO on when I've been out like once this year. I've checked nah, the dude. score and gone, oh, that game's over. Yeah. Well, <laughs> dude, I had soccer at 3 p.m. on Saturday, on Sunday, yeah. right? So I watched the first half of South Panthers on my phone. Mm. And I was just like, I don't need to watch the second half of this. I, I don't care. I'm not going to like avoid spoilers until I get home to watch the end. Like this game's over. I know this mm. game's over. I can just check the score when I finish playing soccer. And they, you know, they had those Fox promos all week. Oh, this, what, what a super Sunday. This is one of the biggest regular season Sundays ever. And the, both games were won by like 400 points. So great. Fantastic. <laughs> one of the best of all time. Waste of time. Um, we've got Poppy Bongard on the show later to dissect Souths in a little bit more detail. But do you want to talk about them quickly? Because, um, I mean, I don't really want to do it twice. But um, Penrith are just fantastic. Let's just talk about Penrith. Because me and Pop didn't talk about Penrith. Um, they're brilliant. And look, I, I I understand that a lot of people who listen to the show, their rugby league fandom is tied to social media and online communities and things like that. And that makes you hate Penrith more because their fans are fucking idiots on the internet. But if you're not one of those people and you just sort of absorb rugby league, generally you stay away from all that crap, then it's tough to not be rooting for this Panthers team. Yeah, it's um they, they are definitely on the path. Everyone knows this to be being the best regular season team of all time. They are a bizarre outlier when you watch them, uh, because they seem to be running at the same high level every week. They've been put to you know they had a couple of closest encounters with Brisbane and Manly, but every single game it seems like all the seventeen players are hitting the same level of performance week to week. Doesn't seem to be any bumps in the road. It's it's truly bizarre. And they keep hitting these really nice backline plays. There's a couple in this game on your lot. And yeah, I'm not actually death throated them as much as others are. Nah. Like once teams are playing really well, 
I mean, obviously, I, I would laugh if they. I would be funny. Lost the grand of course, final, it would be but, funny, but, but I'm not death writing them at this point. And this is—I think people really do get caught up in their online bubbles a lot of the time. Like, it's like when Souths in the grand final 2014, right? People, people on social media sites that tried to tell me, "Oh, no one was going for Souths." It's like, yes, they were. All right, neutrals were going for Souths in 2014 because mm-hmm. they hadn't won in a long time. They played nice football. And they were likable because they were not successful. That's how this works. People, neutrals this year, if the top four are the Roosters, Storm, Souths and Penrith, neutrals will be going for Penrith and rightfully so. And that's yeah. just how it is. Okay. You can try to argue with me, but you're wrong if you do. So just enjoy the footy. I think that they play because they are just fucking brilliant. Well, they've had a bizarre lack of proper origin player hype, but I think Magic yeah. Round took origin hype away, but it looks like it might be coming this week finally, but it's, they genuinely have like, you could have Stephen Crichton in there, Brian To'o, Dwight, Cl- Cleary, Yo, Liam Martin, Cor- Coruscant, Liam Martin, and then Chuck Kurt Matt Burton Kate. in the centers. Why yeah, not? Burton could yeah. be the 18th man. Right. Uh, you know, and Kurt Cable will play for Queensland. They're looking at a, a fat stack of rep players at that point. If that any of that stuff comes together, yeah, but... it's it's sad that like a maybe like a Origin game could be what ends their undefeated season. It's a bit unfortunate. Well, but... yeah, not at the latest male of white and still being the isn't that funny? Six yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, but um, funny, but yeah. yeah, look, they're they're just ace to watch. I really enjoy watching them play. Um, and look, I, I, you know, I had high hopes for Seattle this year, Premiership wise. I wasn't that worried after that, bothered after that Melbourne game because, like, you know, half the team wasn't playing. They never beat Melbourne, like, whatever. But um, Penrith are just so much better than them. Yeah, I think that's the concern is um, South uh, third or fourth best in the competition. But yeah. that well, gap between Penrith the and the only Storm way the the is un- huge. Even the Storm, I don't like, even the Storm, I feel like if they caught them on the right day, they could beat them. But, like, I think the only way South win the comp now is if someone else knocks Penrith out in the semis in like a fluke result. What and then, or we get like 12 sim bins. That's the other way. Well, that, the, that the chaos. That well, no, we're just going to score the first back. try and then just get a roll on. Um, so. <laughs> um, speaking of the RPA, uh, there's a story in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, yesterday uh, about uh, the NRL player poll, which they've been encouraged uh, not to complete. Uh, this is an annual poll that gets sent out, you know, with a bunch of questions on it. Apparently, um, there's a few questions in there that weren't cleared by the union, uh, including one about Israel Folau. Um, yeah, so more more sort of schisms between the players' union and the NRL. Yeah, it's um, quite strange because it's not really been <laughs> an issue for them, has it? The OPA and, and the NRL over a number of years, but it's coming to a head now with the RLPA just seem to be finding things out when the rest of us do. And obviously, that they are the key stakeholder in the game, you know, alongside the um, alongside the NRL themselves. But yeah, it's just um, strange. And obviously, this player poll, like, what could they've been asking them? I don't know. Is it just like the normal shit? Like, who's the best player? Who's the most overrated? Who, who, which coach would you most want to play for? Which team, other than your own, would you most want to play for? All that shit. I don't know. Isn't that always, always what it is? Yeah, like I mean, it's usually like yeah, who you want to play for, or what do you think of like the next expansion team, or who's the best coach in the game, or not, who's not your coach, who's the best players on your in your team. Oh, maybe one of the questions was who should the next expansion team be, and the only options were Glebe, Newtown, and North Sydney. <laughs> That's it, and uh, and I know they get asked every now and then about oh, you know, what do you think of the rule changes or referee or similar, but I just think the RPA mate, just um they probably at the point of just had enough so they'll probably stand up for themselves in different ways they probably didn't in the past mm. which is good on them good thing well we love unions and we love rugby league so good on the rugby league union 
Um, Blake Green's retired. Um, bit of a sad end for him, just sort of fizzling out there at the Knights. But um, yeah, effective immediately. No more Blake Green. Yeah, that's that's a strange one considering... I only want to talk about this one, mate, because I think it leads to the dominoes mm. that Jake Clifford will probably go to the Knights probably after this tomorrow. Did will probably go to the Cowboys tomorrow or whenever the day is this is released. Maybe the, the people will hear it on the day of. But yeah, Blake Green's a strange one because he just got re-signed and they kind of made him a bit of senior player there. And, but he was just awful this season. Like just age yeah. caught him, injuries caught up with him. The whole weird contract saga in the off-season about going to the Bulldogs, like going to the Bulldogs and then re-signed with the Knights. And he played, what did he play, like four or five games this year and on top of like four or five last year and he's done. Strange. Yeah, sad one. Um, Yep, so Bob Fulton, unfortunately, passed away a couple of days ago. One of the rugby league immortals. Long-time member of uh, many radio teams, commentary teams, selectors been involved with rugby league been such an important part of rugby league for our entire lives and for decades before that um you and i uh obviously too young to have seen bob Fulton play so uh, i reached out to poppy bungard for his uh podcast debut today just to talk about bob Fulton, and then we talked a little bit about south smith's fortune as well so take it away so so we went down the zoom route it didn't didn't work so we're just going to do it the old-fashioned way I've got you on loudspeaker recording it on my laptop. Yep. So, so yes, Pop, your your debut on the show. Welcome. Oh, well, thank you, Matthew. Yes, uh, a proud moment for you, I'm sure. Um, oh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So obviously, we've had a lot of uh, talk this week. Uh, questions from fans about Bob Fulton. Obviously, Mitch and I didn't see him play. You were lucky enough to see him play two grand finals against Souths. Um, once at 5-8 and once at center in 68 and 70. Um, so obviously it wasn't as easy to watch every game back then. And since you were watching Souths most weekends, it was difficult for you to see the other games. But from from what you saw of Bob Fulton, what was he like in person as a player? Well, he was just a great footballer. Um, completely unpredictable. Could do anything. Just about on a paddock. And do, yeah, and, and so, I mean, you saw him play those two grand finals, right? I mean, did you think he was better at 5'8 or center, or it didn't really matter? He was just one of those players where you could put him anywhere. Um, I think he just about put him anywhere, but he played most of his full, uh, football at 5'8. Um, he was had a couple of other centers running around with him, too. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, you'd have to say he was, he was a 5'8. And, um, I mean, you know, you and I, we spent, you know, years listening to, to him on the wireless as well, like, you know, in continuous call team, things like that. I mean, what what sort of I mean, what sort of legacy does someone like Bob Fulton leave, leave on the game? Um, I don't know. Look, I, I, it's, it was different football back then. Okay, it was more individualistic than it is today. It's too, it's very, very structured today. And he was the sort of bloke who could make something out of nothing. Yeah, and if you can understand that. No, I, I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. And um, yeah. you know, you you've always told me that. Clive Churchill's the best player to ever play the game. Um, how, how does, like, ability-wise, I know they've played different positions, but how close to Churchill does Fulton compare to you in, in terms of what you saw from him? Uh, look, I, I think they were just both masters at their own positions. Um, you know, you couldn't compare Churchill with Fulton or Fulton with Churchill. Um, you know, as, as, as 
players in their positions, I don't think that. Well, I think the the only bloke that I ever saw that would sort of get near Fulton um, when he was playing was a bloke by the name of Bolton, played with England. I never heard of him. Was he? Was he? Was he from? Well, he was out here during the sixties. That was that was when Merton Bolton were the halves for England, and um, this is when England was right on top. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and they were fabulous halves. And, and as a five-eight, I would say that Bolton probably not quite as good as him. Not not as robust as Fulton, or as cheeky as Fulton, um, but certainly a good footballer. Mm. And. I suppose just, I mean, what were your sort of, I mean, you you were at most of those grand finals that Souths won. Obviously, we were there together in 2014, but the rest of those ones they won before I was born. I mean, what were, you, what were your memories of that? What were your memories of those games like? And, and, you know, not just seeing Bob Fulton play, but, you know, all those brilliant players you saw play that are sort of a bit before my time and a bit before most of our listeners' time. Um, well, as I said, it was different football in those days. It was... There's one against one in a back line. It's not like it is now where it's so structured and you've got, you know, second row standing out in the, in the back line. I mean, back then, I think it was Bobby McCarthy that started all of that, standing out in the back line, big bloke. Yeah. But, but not the way it is now. It is completely structured now. Um, but there were individual challenges. You, you, could, you could give a ball to a 5-8 and you could beat the other 5-8. And you have to rely on the, the lock to come across and try and knock him over if you got through. That's the difference between today's football and football back in the 60s, 50s, 70s. Well, yeah. And, I mean, well, yeah, that and, you know, the the the, the interchanges and then it's much faster and the players are much more athletic and it's just, I mean, how, I mean, how much stuff from that era do you still like, even see now? Practically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you, I mean, yeah, you get the odd individual bloke now that can make a break um, and shows signs of good. But not like it was in those days. You know, both like Portman and Gagan and that. Um, you know, the heart was in the mouth if those boys got hold of the ball um, if they were on the other side. Yeah. Um, because there, there was always the chance that they would be the opposite now. Um, yeah, and that, that's how it was. But nowadays, it gets a bit crowded out there in the paddock. It's true. Yeah. Um, and before I let you go, obviously, Souths. I'm worried. Are you worried? About Souths? Yes. I'm always worried about Souths. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm like, Matthew? Yes, I mean, um, you, we yeah, were winning the grand like... final by 20 points with five minutes to go and you still weren't convinced. But yes... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm never convinced of it. Uh, yeah. They're a bit like North Sydney at times. You know, they can snatch sort of the feet out of victory. Um, but no, I, I don't know. We on, we on the air still? Or we... Well, I mean, it's not live. We're just recording. We're just talking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can wipe it out if you want it. Yes. Um, yeah, look, I, I think there's perhaps a little bit more behind what's going on at South Sydney at the moment than, than just they not being good enough. I mean, there are too many good players there with the ability um, to win games, let alone get beaten by 50 points in a game. You know? And that, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I just think there's something sort of brewing in the background, something going on in the background. I I am I am pretty worried, and it it just it just feels like Penrith and Melbourne are starting to pull away from every. Well, not starting to. They have pulled away from every other team pretty much. Oh, that's right. Um, I, I thought that the Rabbits had a fair chance this year. So did I. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I don't think they could win anything from here because yeah. they would be knocked over by 50 points by two teams to come back in the competition. And I might hope they don't deserve it. No, um, they, they don't. No, no. And, you know, there's more to football than just the ability to play football uh, and the individual ability of blokes to play football. There's, there's a whole lot of stuff goes on in the background, um, and part of that only has to fall over, and the whole structure falls apart. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, they may come good, but I very much doubt it. Okay. I think that's yeah, certainly, yeah. Not, certainly not against the better teams, and we've seen them over the past six or seven weeks. Yeah. You know, just just getting up to winning games from perilous position. Um, yeah. I mean, they nearly lost to the Sharks. Well, that was ridiculous. That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, it was um, uh, uh, Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, they nearly, nearly lost it against them. Goal Main, they only pulled it out in the last minute. Yep. Um, yeah. And they don't know, man. I don't know how those teams have got any hope in the grand final. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so, so it's a bit better than that. Yeah, I, I'm. Um, I, I think this year's pr- pretty much. I'm already set up for another prelim final loss, but I'm. Mo- I'm mostly worried about next year and what what the future holds. Well, I think part of that is what's going on at the moment. Yeah, no, you're right. You know, um, Adam Reynolds left. I, I didn't think he'd go. No, nope, nor did I. <laughs> um, I. I just wonder. You know, they let him go. Um, couldn't hang on to him, and that's, that's probably part of the salary cap thing too. It's not a case that they didn't want him. Um, it, it's really a case of they couldn't afford him. They, sh- the they should have just made it work somehow. I don't know. But how do you make it work? I don't know. You just cheat like the Roosters do, allegedly. Um, well, you tell me they don't cheat. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Um, yeah, um, I don't know. Something's going on. You can't, you can't hold on to players and... No, I'll say no more about it. I know. All right. Well, um, um, are we going to at least beat Parramatta this week? Probably not. Um, probably not. <laughs> when do we play? This is bullshit. We just keep playing good teams. Can we start playing the bad teams again? Doesn't seem fair. Oh, well, this is how it is. I yeah. mean, you're going to have to face them all eventually. So. Nah, just let us play the Bulldogs every week. That'd be nice. It would. All right. They, they nearly beat him too. I don't, fuck. We yeah, won by 30. So. They didn't score a point. Well, we won like 34 nil or something. Well, the thing is, if, they, if, look, if you're not <laughs> going to defend Matthew, you're not going to win games. They didn't. Okay? Well, don't yes. Defend, the other team will get the ball and they'll hang on to it and they'll get on top of you. And at the end of the day, you won't be able to tackle anymore. You'll be too tired to tackle. Are you and, Are you auditioning to take over from Wayne Bennett for next year? Um, I'd like to, but you know, um, I'm a bit old for that sort of thing now, aren't you? You're the same age as um, Wayne, I think. I don't know, roughly. Well, I'm older than Wayne. Eh, not in spirit, yeah, though. Not in spirit. Day, yeah, yeah. Look, if you, 
if you don't tackle, you're not going to win games. It's simple as that. So you think right? South's conceding 50 points twice in three weeks is bad? I think it's horrible. I agree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I even sat there and watched them the other night. That's, how, that's what I thought would happen at the end of the day. Yep. All right. I, I, I was prepared to. I mean, I knew we'd lose. I just didn't think it would be that bad. But, oh well. Uh, I did. <laughs> you always think it's going to be that bad, though. No, no, no. Um, I mean, if they're playing good football like they did towards the end of last year, um, you can sit and watch them. It's true. Because you know they've got a fair chance of winning the game. But when they've been playing as they have been for the last, what, seven weeks, whatever it is, um, if they're up against Penrith, you give them the ball and they'll run. Um, you're going to punch it, mate. Yeah, um, exactly. You know, you're going to wind up the 60 points on there, haven't you? Yeah, well, um, yeah. So, there it is. That's my view. Thank you. Yeah, uh, sorry, I, I couldn't tell you more about Bobby Talk because it's a long time ago. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to remember those blokes running on the paddock. Yeah. Um, there was only one other bloke, all right, now I think back on it, who I thought was a fantastic footballer, but he ended his career too early. And that was Jimmy Lowell. Yes, you've told me about him before. Yeah, uh, yeah fabulous footballer. And the thing I had over Bobby Falk, Bobby Falk was good in defence, but Jimmy Lowell was a, he was a 5'8 in a cack and he was a lock in defence. Uh, he used to cover the paddock like nobody else. Um, you know, he'd, he'd knock blokes over in the corner in a cover tackle like a lock. Um, yeah, he's, he's closest thing to perfection in, in sort of defence and attack. Um, I think of Sam, but he is, I think he retired when he was about 26 or something yeah. like that. That is young. He was young. He, yeah. he ended up with some sort of injury they couldn't repair. So, mm. you know. Yeah, well, they didn't have the modern miracles of sports science back then. Well, you know. Had you been around today, you could have probably plotted on for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. Well, right. thanks, yeah. Paul. I'll I'll okay. I'll see you later. Okay. Right. You later. Bye. Bye. Yeah. So, as you can tell, apologies for the audio quality there. Um, unsurprisingly, we couldn't get Zoom to work. Uh, tried for <laughs> half an hour. Um, ended up just putting him on speakerphone and manually recording it onto my iPad. So that's but, right. Uh, it's one of those things that, like, luckily I wasn't there, mate, because I, I can't have been asking your old fella how early was he going to leave the podcast. I, I'm really glad <laughs> you were not there. He has le- he has metaphorically left early, though, because we're still going. Um, <laughs> yes, As he would want it to be, he asked to be played early so he could leave yeah. before the end. Yeah, it's a school night, mate. Um, George Williams, he gone. Back to England, apparently, or left the Raiders with immediate effect. Uh, will he lob up at the Roosters in two weeks? Who knows? Uh, he's got this is classic, like Ricky bad year. You know, like, it just seems classic. Like the parch is gone, a bit like the John Bateman one too. Ended up being a bit bitter, but uh, Williams is bit back at the club, saying uh, that he asked for a release weeks ago for the end of the season. He never asked for immediate release, but instead of supporting him, the club kicked him out the door, uh, and he's not even signed the release yet. He says. Uh, so I just want to say. I don't side with either person here. Like, listen, George, you asked to leave early already. 
So I feel like the club is kind of entitled to also tell you to fuck off early. <laughs> you know, you, you want to leave years early or they want, want you to go 10 rounds early, whatever. Uh, but just full-blown chaos, right? He came over last year. They paid a transfer fee for him. Aiden Caesar left. Had a really good first year for an English half in, in the NRL. But this year, it's just all falling apart for him in that club. And feels like another cherry on top for what this Raiders season has become for Raiders fans. Yeah, really sad. And that, I think that is just, I mean, look, they were already up against it, but I think that is it for their season. Uh, barring, you know, look, there is, there is a man who said that for $150,000 a year, <laughs> he could come do a job in the halves for someone. Uh, and that man is Chris Sandow. Well, there's there's still two spots in that really open. I mean, if Manly keep if Tommy Turbo stays fit, I you're think they're Manly in. in. Yeah. Uh, and you look at there, you've got Dragons through Cowboys all on five wins, and then the Raiders, Knights on four, just behind there. I think the Knights make it in. I don't know. I, I don't think that looks like a very happy lot either. So it, there's that door is open for someone, uh, but I don't think it's going to be the Raiders. Uh, what if as it's you the said. Brisbane Broncos? Doors open. Mate, Door is open. That's, that's a big one for us to get there. But they've also got Nickel Clockstar out till around 24 or 25 with yeah. a setback and having surgery. So I think that's when you can put the line to this season. That probably helps them get rid of George Williams as well. You know, Brink Sam plays now, I guess, but they get to move on. And I don't know. I don't know who they can sign. There's, bring Milford back. Bring Aiden Caesar home. There's 0% chance Caesar goes there. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Johnson's available. Doesn't want to go there, apparently. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go there either. Uh, I mean, Ricky has historically been the halfback killer. He has been, and this is like another one, another another body one, one added to the body count. Milford's a funny one though, because his asking price is apparently still six hundred thousand dollars a year. It's like, ha. no club, mate. mate. Zero uh, clubs are paying Super, you that. Super League, maybe. I don't, I don't even know if Super League club are playing that, mate. Like, he's no. cooked. Yeah, look, that must be hard for you. Uh not really. <laughs> I defended him for so long that when I finally stopped defending him, it was really easy. I don't want him to, I actually don't want him to play this week. <laughs> like he just played so selfishly the last couple of times he's played and he just can't execute the basic game plan. They want to execute, which is pretty obvious. They want to complete their sets, go through the middle, let the forwards win the battle. And then the, the backs go off the back of that, you know, and just basic game plan, complete your sets, put pressure on another team. And this weekend against the roosters, they did that. They completed at 90 or percent. They played quite well. And even in their in their prior win, when they when they came back and beat the Titans, they competed, they did it all right, did okay like that with the Broncos game. But there's been a couple of games that Milford's been there. And that Cowboys game, for example, just all from that second half. But it's a lot of it come it came from him and that they started dropping the ball. Like they're up by six. He just can't accept that just kick the ball into the corners will win this game, you know? Yeah. Just play the basics, mate. So I don't know where he'll go. He won't get that money anywhere, but I don't think the Raiders should take him back either. No, nor do I. Um, there is some judiciary stuff tonight. The panel are apparently deliberating on Victor Radley right now as a time of recording. We will maybe get an Angus Crichton result during question time. So we'll put a pin in Radley until the very end of the show and see if the judiciary yeah. has made a ruling on it by then. Um, I mean, and then, if you miss well, Crichton, by the way, Crichton did hit Albert Kelly late. It's yeah. like after seven or eight minutes, he puts Kelly on the deck, really late off the ball, and he has like three priors. So, and thank you to the NRL for putting Elliot Whitehead on last because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> Not I. Um, Mitchell. Mitchell, have you heard the news? Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker nose and hair trimmer. 
Uh, take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those uh, nose and ear holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven pubes. <laughs> Manscaped, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, they're forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps reduce nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system with intelligently contoured design, which enhances the trimming experience. It's waterproof as well. It's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up to 90 minutes of use. Uh, don't pull your nose hairs out with your fingers anymore that very much hurts uh, manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene yes you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable and 79 percent of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff i do not know what those other 21 percent are doing but nevertheless it is time to upgrade your manscaped routine with the weed whacker get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code boom rookies at manscaped Com. And remember, that code can stack with other codes as well. Uh, thank you, Manscaped, for getting our pubes trimmed and our hairs and our holes looking nice. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think there, like, I'm trying to think if there's any, do we have any friends we need to recommend this to, man? Who we got out there who needs We're not going to do anyone like that. Okay, I'm just trying to think Please. if I've got to ask that question. The 21, you know, 21%, am I in the indifferent percent? I, I, I suppose you can be indifferent, can't <laughs> yeah, you? Is, um, speaking of noses, a uh, story in the Australian from one hour ago. Jack Whiten has his nose in front of Jerome Luai for the race for the Blues number six, apparently. Uh, it's going to Brent Reid in the Australian. Um, that seems silly. Yeah, uh, this is always a fun thing when Origin comes around is that Queensland generally has about 12 players that are worth picking. So we put those in and we just throw whatever else together. And, you you know, it's always pretty much close to right because they can't really get it wrong. The Blues, however, can always find a way. The Jack White obsession just at every level of power brokers in this game is just baffling to me. It always has been. Um, but it's very, it's very baffling even in this instance because you've got – they brought Luai into camp last year – uh, they they got, sorry, they've got Brandy there, right? A big decision maker who is notoriously not a Canberra fan, but is also somehow a big Jack Whiten fan. But the guy out playing him plays for Penrith where he works and plays in the halves with Cleary. It's like every origin blues indicator, what you think would point to Luai just being picked because he's the halves partner of Cleary and he's playing well. But somehow Whiten, who hasn't played six in origin for them, it's going to be the six. I don't know. It might change by next week. It's like how Freddie changed his mind like 17 times last year as well. But it's it's like just just pick, you know, the, the six at the six, the good one. Yeah. And if it's not Luai, it's Cody Walker. And just don't pick Jack Wyden. It's not that hard. Oh, well, what but can you do? And the, and the report is having Luai on the bench. It's like, okay, if those two are in the side, wouldn't it be best that Wyden was the bench? He's more of a bench impact player than Jerome Luai is. And yeah, and covers all positions and probably could come on and play that roaming 13 role. I don't know. It's bizarre. How do you think about Damien Cook, by the way? I think, I think if it was my Blues team, I'd drop him. Well, I went on SCN this morning and they asked me to pick my Blues team and I picked Happy Coruscant because that oh, game did. on the weekend swung me. Yeah, Cook's been in and out of form, but those are the games that matter leading up to Origin, isn't it? Like you watch Coruscant play. I don't like think that. it will matter. I think they'll still pick Cook. So do I, but uh, yeah, I feel like that Abby one's not picked. That not was egregious. not as egregious because at least Cook's been good in origin and for Australia, whereas mm-hmm. 
Whiten was pretty poor last year. I know he was out of position, but he wasn't very good. And he actually he did get a chance at five eight as well. Like, I don't really think he's ever been good in Origin. So yeah, yeah, I don't know what the obsession with him is. I don't know. He'll probably win the Dalium again, and I'll look stupid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so dumb. And for Queensland, they've got a couple of hairy bits with Munster and Harry Grant in doubt. So that might be where Marnie comes in. Who knows? Maybe Ponga plays six or yeah, he could, could do one. worse. But I mean, yeah, that's whatever. Those are things that are forced upon us. Not like, hey, let's just pick Jack White and we'll see. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Although Darren Lockie did put Tom Flegler today. Yeah, and he's in his origin side. I and mean, he Flegler actually is a selector. So that's like a great for you. I mean, it's. Darren Lockie has been great for me off the field for a number of years, so many levels at the moment. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I think whoever play extra prop, I pick Frank Molo, extra prop on the bench will be this whoever plays until um until the return of Papali. But Jaden Sewell has been dropped at club level. I, I would like him not to be my origin side as well, but he might make the origin I don't think he's been one of South's worst players. I thought it was a little bit strange, but okay, fine. Let's see what yeah. Jacob Host has got. I was like this week and your right edge got tore apart, but I wasn't feeling particularly like it was Jaden Sewell's fault. I am happy to see Liam Knight gone. He's been he's been pretty bad. He's gone back to old Liam. Yeah, unfortunately. Needs some more error guard. That'll fix him. He does. Uh, rookie takes. Um, got a whole bunch here. Had to sift through them to find the five worst takes of the week. If you're not familiar with rookie takes, if you're a first-time listener, uh, our Patreon subscribers can submit uh, the dumbest things that people have said in the week in the world of rugby league. Uh, and I, I cull it to a list of five. We then put that five to a vote, and the winner goes through to the final at the end of the year, we'll do a little tournament. Our last week's winner was, of course, that guy that said, when's non-Indigenous round? Uh, he won by a landslide. I mean, there was obviously more to it than just that, but like, I'm not going to read it all out there again. Was no contend- just, there was no contenders for it. Just insanely was. stupid. Uh, and if you want to, again, if you want to submit your takes, you have to be a member of our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boomer, because it gets you access to our Discord server, gets you a, uh, some merchandise for free. If you, at, at the start, if you're a higher tier or after a couple of months, if you're in the lower tiers, and of course, you will get entry. Using that word free very loosely. Well, sorry. Incl- <laughs> it's like when you get a free breakfast yeah. at a hotel. It's like, yeah, it is. Know, it's, it's free. <laughs> uh, and I would like to give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon system. That's another perk. You get to hear me say your name every week if you're into that sort of thing. And they are Dave, Carlo, Tyson, Rocky, and Rafi. So thank you to both Rocky and Rafi. Uh, Stu, I think that's a new one. Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Big Chief 69, Blake Moretti, Blame Hud, Butsy, Cam Beswick. Chris Avnell, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer, Frankie, Harvey G, Jace G, Jack Snape, James K, Jason, Jez. He's just changed it back to Jez. He doesn't want to be known as the greatest Among Us player of all well, time. Know, he anymore. knows who he is now. That's He's lost his place. Yeah. Joel yes. Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tomer, 98, new one, shout out, best FIFA player I know, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Matthew McPherson, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins. My ding dong is hard and I am sad. Never Trendy, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Swarzy, Ty, the not so mature age student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, Turbo's Heroes, and Warwick Ahern. For the first time, I now have to go to a second page on Patreon to read them all out. That is. It's exploding. We love you all. And to people in the lower tiers as well, we would not be doing this without you. Mitchell, uh, weekly update on both your ding-dong and depression status. <laughs> ding-dong is healthier than the last few weeks. Depression is still the same. Uh, the Broncos didn't help? Uh, no, they didn't. It was a, a, a mere bump in the road of happiness. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, rookie takes for this week. Uh, Jason Oliver, who's also leading the Coltrane Cup at the moment. So he could be the he could win both the Coltrane Cup and rookie takes for the year. Uh, <laughs> I've watched both Rugby League and Rugby Union tonight, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but the NRL is crook. This is worse than Super Rugby. Unbelievable. No, Jason, what's unbelievable is that you would say 
Such a ridiculous thing. I don't I care mean, how bad Volandi's ball gets. How dare you? I mean, considering the head contact rules and the pretty much stolen from Super Rugby, and yeah. there was the exact same, this worst blowout. I was going to say, <laughs> the, you can multi the five New Zealand teams this week, and it's like $1.80. The yep. Waratahs this week are paying more than the Bulldogs are to beat Penrith. Like, yeah. Yeah, the just, Reds, the Reds, the best team in Australia. was by 45. <laughs> Considered 63. All right. Mitch and I, for the record, don't think this is a rookie take. We thought this was a great, a veteran take, but the punters <laughs> wanted it in. This comes from Dinesh.eels on Instagram. I took my son to RS, RSPCA to adopt the cat for him. As we were looking for the right one, we noticed a strange and particular cat that was moaning, yelping, and rolling around uncontrollably. I asked the RSPCA, RSPCA staff what was up with it, and the response I got was that this cat is crying Krappenhausen from the Melbourne Storm. <laughs> my son felt quite shocked because of this, so we decided to leave immediately. Shame on you, crying Krappenhausen. This cat is made of glass. He should go play WNRL. That suits his level of physicality. A little bit of sexism thrown in there at the yeah. end. I will say, he lost me at the end a little bit, but that, that's that's Cryan Krappenhausen is yeah. incredible. Not this man. <laughs> he is going into the Hall of Fame. It's a veteran take. If he hadn't had if he hadn't had the sexist stick at the end, I would endorse it. But I must yeah. disavow as a result. But Cryan Krappenhausen is great. It's so good. Also a cat. Why are you buying a cat? And also him and his son walked out. We we stormed out. People applauded. (laughs) The the whole bus clapped. (laughs) They didn't buy a cry Gravenhausen. Wiley Coyote Genius uh, on Reddit. He's got a Melbourne Storm avatar, so I'm thinking he's a Storm fan. This this take was firmly downvoted into the shadow realm. Uh, Mm. If we were actually under cap constraints, would we be better off keeping Nico and Finucane maybe over Pappenhausen? No. No, you wouldn't. Oh, Yeah, he's saying they should keep Nico Hines but over why? Pappenhausen. I don't know. This guy thinks Wiley Cody's a genius. He, I mean, clearly is lacking yeah. critical thinking at some level. Uh, um, Victor Radley, by the way, is... five matches. Five oh, there matches, we go. Okay, you? well. All right, this is, uh, again, look, we might have to have a separate conversation just for lunatics replying to NRL Physio. Because one did win two weeks ago. This guy, this is so... Uh, rehab not successful. This is NRL physio. Rehab not successful for Chance Nickel Clooster and disc injury in his neck. Will now undergo surgery with usable three month recovery time. Makes his best case return of round 23 24. Very unfortunate as it was initially hoped he could avoid surgery. Sometimes symptoms don't settle. So the reply from at fuck y'all 82. Maybe if he did his rehab and didn't have kids climbing all over his neck while in New Zealand, he might have been able to avoid surgery. And then he's attached an Instagram video of Chance, like with his baby son on his shoulders. I mean, another veteran take. Children do, <laughs> kids do suck. I feel like people have lost the concept of rookie takes this week. So there were so many bad takes out there. I mean, mate, mate. They're great. You got to sprinkle, sprinkle them in. Chance, you know. They you got to sprinkle them in. Uh, and then Gary Jack, uh, in reply to that oh ridiculous back page puff piece about Volandis in the Telegraph. I'm not Superman. No one asked you to be. Gary Jack said, Peter is the best rugby league administrator since 1908. He's putting player welfare above all else. I'm proud to call him a mate. Thanks, Gary. Oh, wait, oh, he was really your friends. I couldn't a... have worked that out from yeah. the fact that you said he was the best rugby league administrator since 1908. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unlike Green Turd. Green Turd. Yeah. I know. Um, player safety. Yeah. I know. He was terrible. Like, Green Turd actually wanted them to box every game, mate. Yeah. Famously. Famously. Yeah. Uh, that's it. Come to the end of another show. We did it. Um, we uh, we won't agree. Ang- Angus Crichton's not done yet, so we're sorry. Um, we'll just talk about it in question time on tomorrow's show. But um, yeah, look, thanks again for listening. Um, and we're back again with question time. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. That's goodbye from me.